It's back for 2014, the Football Sack Podcast for Brazil. Brought to you by Banking on Football. Hello and welcome to the final Football Sack Podcast of the 2014 World Cup. It's a bit sad, isn't it? I'm Jack Quigley. Hi, Christian. I'm feeling rather depressed, mate. I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. Yeah, and Pat's here as well. Well, I'll have no friends again. <laughs> yeah, you'll just go back to being a recluse. Exactly. Um, living in the hills. Boys, it's coming to an end. A bit nostalgic, this podcast, isn't it? Mm. It is, it is. It's sort of, well, before the, in the studio before the podcast, about all the previous jokes we've been doing, and it just always brought a tear to the eye. Yeah, so after we'd finished talking about those three jokes, we decided it was time <laughs> to record, uh, which we're going to do now. So obviously the World Cup came to an end this morning. We had the uh, closing ceremony oddly before the tournament had come to a close, which... Uh, it was a good point. Uh, I think uh, Simon Dopp put on Twitter saying, doesn't having the ceremony before the World Cup's actually finished sort of defeat the purpose? It's just a ceremony. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, which is a good point. Um, I'm not a fan of ceremonies. We've said it Never in the past. Uh, I don't watch them. No. I, I like ceremonying, but I'm not a big fan of ceremonies. Ah, <laughs> oh, Christian, you ladies' man, you. He's all over the world, Christian. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, in Korea, if you haven't caught up. Guys, let's... Uh, well, well, first of all, we'll run through uh, our major sponsors of the show for the, the final time. Uh, banking on football. Wonderful supporters of ours and of football in general in Australia. So uh, remember that uh, everyone banks with someone, so why not do it with a bank that shares your passion for football and score cash for a grassroots club of your choice every time you do your banking. Check out bankingonfootball.com and also go to bankingonfootball.com slash win at the moment because you can win a uh, signed frame Lionel Messi shirt, obviously just been crowned player of the tournament. But we'll come on to that uh, shortly. And for the final time, we're at Southern Cross University's studios. Mm. Uh, so this will be our last time here. We're going to have to tag hashtag TFS podcast <laughs> on the wall or something before we go. Yeah, I was just in, I was going to go out like a rock band and just smash up the place. <laughs> I was going um, to steal a microphone. <laughs> uh, well, what better way to show your appreciation than by taking a part of it? Yeah, taking a part of it with you. And Christian uh, will probably leave his charger here. He's done that a few times already. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And Rivadesi's Pizza as well. We should thank them. We were there on yes uh, on Saturday. Had a really good time. Had a great time. That pizza was delicious. Four different flavours of pizza in the medalong pizza. I, yeah, I wish it didn't 25 end. 25 centimetres of, of each flavour. Uh, I wish it didn't end either, but it did end just after the one metre mark. Mm-hmm. Uh, that mm-hmm. was where it ended. There was a lot of beer drunk, a little bit of beer spilled uh, by Christian, <laughs> which was interesting. So no, they got one less beer than everybody else because I spilled it right at the start too. It, it was, was literally, I've just finished the intro for the show and she just heard a clink and everyone's lap got wet if you haven't actually listened to our last podcast just listen to the first minute and you won't regret it because yeah. it's just a lot of fun yeah and the thing is the place was amazing for any sort of football fan you had your world cup flag you had sign memorabilia you know beckham totty brisbane, brisbane raw aquilani the football sack yeah all the all the big names are on the wall <laughs> at a river Deci. but yeah my first experience of, of the place and certainly won't be the last i plan to Absolutely. go there every single time i go to brisbane now and that's not an exaggeration it's really not that. like I, every time i go out for a raw game because it is just literally walking distance mm. from from Suncorp and it's a it's a ripper joint so thanks very much to Dave and all, all the crew up there for, for taking such good care of us and to all of our guests who came on as well which we won't go through because we sort of did that yesterday uh, <laughs> on, on Saturday sorry but, uh, let's talk about the World Cup final gents that took place this morning Germany are world champions probably uh, deserved world champions I imagine yes I think so not many people could probably argue they weren't the best side throughout the tournament, and they proved it time after time again. They played some good football, got results. 
results when it mattered and finished it off with a bit of a screamer for a goal as well. Yeah, yeah. which was a, a really nice way to finish. I'm glad that we got a good goal to finish off yep. a good tournament that was won by a good team. I, I know you can't deserve, nobody ever deserved to win a tournament on, on previous showings, but for, for Germany, you know, semi-finalists, semi-finalists and finalists from the, the previous three World Cups before this one, it, it is very nice to see them actually get across the line. And as uh, Axel, our resident German on Saturday, predicted, it was it was their time. It was uh, every 20 years they, they win the World Cup and they were a little bit early last time, so they're mm. going to square it up by Being a little it, bit late. a little bit late for this one. Yeah, we're, we're all happy that, that Germany, the, the highest goal-scoring team. Obviously, sympathies with Argentina as well, a little bit, but mm. let's be honest, it was the messy show if they were going to pull it off. It would be remarkable nonetheless, but I think we said on Saturday's show, I was genuinely happy for either of these, these teams had they, they won. Absolutely. We weren't going to begrudge anybody a victory, but neither are we going to claim that the losing side should have won. Yes. My team won. Germany won. Yeah, Pat has... <laughs> I called it. Called it from the very first podcast, I think we did our predictions. Yes. This is a stitch up, mate. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's, throughout the World Cup, he's predicted, basically, honestly, he's predicted about a third of the teams to win he's, the World he Cup. He has jumped ship more say, often Germany. than the captain of the Costa yeah. Concordia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the bloody first prediction he put in was the right one. It's just, oh, yeah. that is not. If it went to penalties, I reckon Germany would have lost because, <laughs> yeah, I just had a feeling they were going to lose penalties if it went to penalties. Yeah, well, they're four from four in shootouts. Argentina had only ever lost once in a shootout, and it was to Germany. Yeah, I think we can safely say that Matt German was obviously going for Argentina. In yes. The <laughs> <laughs> After taking Brazil and the Netherlands in the semifinals. <laughs> so if you don't understand that, we had uh, Sydney FC defender Matt German on the show, and basically every country he had an allegiance to was knocked out in the group stage, yeah. so he picked Belgium, and then they were knocked out the following week. I don't even actually know but there was actually a third team playing across the Redeemer. Don't know if you noticed, yeah, there was about <laughs> 45 minutes of he that statue it, yeah. <laughs> coming I, up. I didn't see it on Twitter, did you? Oh, yeah, no, that's right. Every tweet is. Sorry, I knew it was one of those two. Uh, <laughs> we've seen him when the sun was going down. We've yeah. seen him when the sun was down. Yeah, we saw it when the tournament <laughs> finished. We saw him on the big screen in the stadium with him in the background as well. Yeah, Christ the Redeemer got more minutes than Fred uh, <laughs> in the World Cup. So, yeah, that was uh, well spotted. And to uh, be fair, he deserved more minutes than Ben Halloran, so it was fine. He was actually tracked his stats. He's actually quicker than Bell. Ben Halloran. Uh, I had a look at his Optus stats and his heat map, and he actually uh, he covered more ground. Germany, the longer that game went on, you sort of felt they were going to win it. Obviously, mm. they, their semi-final was a day earlier, so they had an extra day's rest. Their semi-final was effectively a half-hour game. It was done and dusted by that stage and was a training run. Argentina had a day less. They had the extra time and the penalties to go through. So you sort of thought if Argentina were going to win this game, they had to sort of score early before they ran out of legs. And they had the chance. Higuain, uh, one-on-one. Uh, one-on-one, obviously, we all saw it happen. Well, most of us saw it happen unless you yeah. got the times mixed up and didn't wake I up. Missed the time. first half, which 66% of this podcast did. <laughs> <laughs> Turned on at half time to Zelko Kelly just talking about what a great first half yes. it had been and thought, yes. it's a stitch I'm looking at my uh, my watch going, no, quarter to six, I've timed this well. But no, for some reason, they decided so, to start kick the off the final an hour yeah. earlier than all the other knockout yeah. games. Yes. I was just very grateful I didn't go to penalties because I didn't want to miss it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good. Christian was cheering on that last goal so much. Yeah. <laughs> standing there in his nighty going, oh, come on. On. <laughs> Wrap it up soon, quick. Everyone else had to go to work. Christian had to go to bed. <laughs> so yeah, you sort of felt that that Germany, the longer it went, uh, we're going to do so. But yeah, sorry, we were off. We were talking about uh, the Higuain miss, mm-hmm. which was obviously uh, the Higuain offside goal. Uh, mm. That he was only just offside for by about seven metres. Yeah, he seemed to not messy under- miss. That was pretty bad. Yeah, the messy miss. And we sort of mentioned for a guy of his class. Yeah, we sort of mentioned beforehand though that I think Neuer sort of had his angles covered, mm. and I think if he 
he had to put it right in the corner if it was going in, which he tried to do because I think Neuer... He didn't miss Neuer's diving hand by much. And it only just missed the post. So it thinks that if it was any closer, it would have hit the post or been saved. It's insane that though. You've seen Messi score some goals mm. from impossible angles before. So you don't know. You expect him to finish that. Yeah. But Neuer did really well. World-class player versus a world-class goalkeeper. Because obviously goalkeepers aren't players. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that's what happened. Huh. Uh, we've got non-player Mark Berrigitte coming out for an interview soon. <laughs> Paul Spectator Mark Berrigitte will be joining us. So Germany champions, and we're, we're very happy for them and for Jürgi Löw. He finally yeah. wins something. He picked a big one as a celebration. Yeah, he did. Uh, finally managed <laughs> to pick up <laughs> managed to pick up the trophy, after which nobody else wanted to touch it. <laughs> um, <laughs> we should talk about Manuel Neuer won the Golden Glove as well, but... We we sort of felt was unlucky not to be player of the tournament as a whole. Yeah, probably, I think. You know, if, as you said, not being a player probably ruled him out. That's true. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, of course, the only other spectator to win it, or as in, in recent memory, was Oliver Kahn <laughs> in 2002. He should have been the shortlist at the very least, if, he, if not actually winning it. But we talked about this yesterday. If you agree or disagree with this, find out who else agreed or disagreed with this by listening to yesterday's episode. Yeah. Who else was on the podcast that disagreed or, or agreed with? Obviously, we, we had Axel, who, who tweeted it as a four-star performance, which was quite a clever little mention there for, for Germany's four-star. Mm. We should also uh, give an honourable mention to uh, Tommy Greenard's moustache, mm-hmm. uh, his Rudy Vula honorary moustache, which he was sporting on the podcast on Saturday, but we forgot to mention because it, it is very dirty um, <laughs> and it does deserve its own mention. So now it's a, it's a World Cup winning uh, moustache. Excellent, excellent. What I love as well is it's a decent enough final. It's a great goal to finish it off but it just wrapped up a pretty good tournament overall mm. yes oh yeah we've, we've all had a lot of fun yes uh, watching a lot it. of goals that's what we want wasn't it yeah and no, they got the ball right which i think played a big part in in doing so we obviously on uh saturday's show had dan colosimone uh on as our argentinian representative obviously he's australian but he's, he's uh, does a lot of journalism work writing about football in argentina so obviously his thoughts on the final that was the best team won and also on Messi talking about the player of the tournament which he said no Messi wasn't the best player in the tournament but it was obvious he would win the golden ball four men of the match awards and single-handedly dragged his team to the final which is very hard to argue Mm. with four men of the match awards out of seven is going to make you a pretty critical piece in the puzzle and unfortunately didn't have a great game in the final but you know if he'd had a quiet game in the group stage and a good final he could have won the same amount of man of the match awards and no one would question it yeah correct it's a bit of interpretation is the fight of the tournament the most influential for his team is it the the best player in terms of the best performances overall or is it just the player with the most skill you know, yeah. th- these things mm. aren't defined and that's why there's always going to be arguments and confrontations and little Twitter bickerings online and things like that because people each have their own personal interpretation of what the player of the tournament should be then even people who share those interpretations still have different opinions. So. Yeah, and Dan then also added, plus I haven't seen a consensus on who should have won it I would give it to uh, Hamas Rodriguez or Javier Mascherano or Fred just for a laugh, <laughs> which I think I think Fred would have been funny because it would have been sort of like the equivalent of the Qatar announcement for the World Cup. Everyone just would have gone, "This is an absolute stitch up, surely." It uh, reminds me of last year's Norwich uh, Player of the Season. It's actually voted on by members. Now members were so annoyed 
by their performance on, on the pitch, especially by their manager, that they all voted for the reserve goalkeeper who didn't get a single game. There you go, as their player of the <laughs> season. He won player of the season. Like like and yeah. so uh, Norwich had to quickly renege and say, actually, this year the members aren't choosing it. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, that's like when Pat and I went to high school, uh, everyone voted for the school captain but the unanimous choice the teachers wouldn't have so they didn't <laughs> yes. revote with the short list that they drew together of nerds exactly. so, so if you went with the captain of Trinity and Jack and uh, well, actually uh, he's still a good friend of ours the, <laughs> the bloke who was the captain he's probably he, a little bit nerdy but uh, yeah nice I guy uh, hi Luke if you're listening <laughs> <laughs> we should talk about uh, well do we want to interview uh, Mark Merigini before we, we move on and, and touch on the final and the goalkeepers that we've been talking about it? Yeah. So let's get his perspective Absolutely. Mm. So uh, coming up after this, you'll hear the voice of uh, Newcastle Jets goalkeeper, Mark Birrigitte. Mark Birrigitte from the Newcastle Jets joins us on the show. Mate, welcome aboard. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Obviously, you were in Brazil, mate, with the the team right up until the tournament was into its meaty phase. What was that like with the team? What was the the vibe like? Yeah, it was was an amazing experience. Going over to Brazil, you know, and being part of the squad was a dream come true for me. Being in camp with the likes of Timmy and Millet and Brescia and that, it was an unreal feeling and still, you know, can't believe that I was part of a World Cup campaign and... As I said, it was an amazing experience. I learned so much in the couple of weeks I was with the team and hopefully, um, you know, I'm part of many more campaigns in the future. Give you an honest answer here, mate. How tempted were you to sort of slip something in either Mitch Langerak or Eugene Galekovic's food or were you rolling cricket balls under their ankles at training just trying to get into that 23? <laughs> no, not at all. Um, you know, we had a pretty good relationship with all the goalkeepers there. I had a pretty good relationship with them all. And, you know, they're all good guys and, you know, they're all fantastic goalkeepers and we all got along really well. And, you know, there was a an injury cloud over Mitch at the time with his knee and hence the reason why I did stay on longer than the other players. I got cut in the squad in case something happened to him. I was, um, I was already there in Brazil. So, um I stayed an extra week there, and I just come home just before the Chile game. But no, it was a good experience, and you know I learned so much off the other goalkeepers and to see how far they've come in their game. You know, obviously coming from the A League and moving overseas, they're great keepers and they have a lot of good qualities. Now, mate, speaking of good goalkeepers, there was great performances all around from many teams. Number ones. Why do you think this is? Why was it such a strong? tournament for the uh, custodians i couldn't tell you but as you said there's been a lot of good performances you know from the mexican keeper from the costa rican the chilean keeper and you know one that stood out for me for the whole tournament you know is uh is a german keeper manuel neuer just his overall goalkeeping you know he just makes things look so easy and he's definitely someone that i look up to and you know a lot of young kids coming through the ranks would definitely look up to him and you know because he definitely plays the game at how it should be um he's just an all-round you know, good quality goalkeeper, but I couldn't tell you. Come down to the training, good coaches that they have, and that I guess. So, um, you know, they're playing in good leagues around the world. You know, at big clubs, and you know that makes a difference when you're playing. Seeing as Oliver Kahn won the Golden Ball Award in 2002, how ripped off is the keepers' union that none of them made the shortlist this year? There's a lot of good quality. There's a lot of good players. It's the same, like there's good young goalkeepers, you know, around the world, and. It's the same with players as well. You look at all these young players that have broken through at the World Cup, the likes of Rodriguez and you know Thomas Muller, all these type of players. You know they're fantastic players. You know it's going to be hard for a, for a goalkeeper to win the Golden Ball, but I think you know in many years to come or in future World Cups that you know Manuel Neuer is probably one of the best goalkeepers in the world, and I think he helped Germany reach the World Cup final. You know he made some crucial saves throughout the tournament and. 
you know, he really played a pivotal role in their in their success. And I think, yeah, as I said, in in many years to come, you know, he's still young. He has a lot of World Cups behind him, and I'm sure he'll be able to, be, uh, you know, win the Golden Ball and be up there amongst, you know, some of the best players that have won it. It's great for Australian football, mate. That you look at the we, the four keepers that we had in Brazil, obviously before you left, and all four of them have played in the A League. Three of them got their start in the A-League. How, why is it that we're producing so many good keepers at, at the moment? Yeah, Australia do have a very good name you know, in the, in the goalkeeping industry, not only here in Australia, but you know, overseas as well. And I think it comes down to all the coaching. You know, we've got good quality goalkeeping coaches here in Australia, but not only at club level, professional level, but even at grassroots level. And it's good to see because back in the day, especially when I grew up, you know, back home in Perth, you know, they were hard to come by to find a good goalkeeper coach. It's been important, you know, you know, on my rise to where I am today. And um, it's good to see that there's, uh, you know, a lot of good quality goalkeeper coaches out there. And, you know, you should. I hope this legacy can continue. And finally, what did you make of the match this morning, mate? Yeah, I got up early, um, you know, to watch it. It was a great game. You know, I did want Germany to win. I think they're the best footballing nation at the moment. You know, they have great quality players. But in saying that, you know, Argentina had their chances, but just couldn't take them. You know, I think they had the better chances in the game, but, you know, they just lacked that final killer instinct in front of goal. And, you know, that's what it comes down to. And, at the end of the day, it come down to a bit of individual brilliance from Mario Goethe, and you know he took he took the goal well, and you know it was heartbreak for Argentina because I, you know they definitely deserved a lot more out of the game. But you know that's football when you don't take your chances, it tends to go the opposite way at the end of the day. But overall, it was a pretty good game and was a good spectacle for for football. All right, brilliant. Well, thank you so much for your time, Bearers. We wish you all the very best for the upcoming season with the Newcastle Jets. Thanks for coming on the show. No problems. Thanks for having me. Many thanks to Socceroos and Newcastle Jets goalkeeper Mark Mirigidi, who is obviously already thinking about a career post-football on SBS with his <laughs> use of the word individual brilliance. So Ned Zelich, watch out, mate. He's Good coming mate. up I actually here. thought it was Ned Zelich for a second. Yeah, for the close, <laughs> close your eyes and it was Ned. Uh, the golden days of Ned from earlier this morning. <laughs> uh, I love the fact that it's on a podcast, you have to close your eyes to imagine Yeah, it. you do. No, it doesn't work out because if, you, if your eyes are open, they're biased. Speaking of uh, SBS, we should touch in with our good friends for the final time at this World Cup. It's very sad. Oh, our I'm going to miss Asian Les and Fozzie. Yes, uh, and David Bashir. <laughs> David Bashir. Uh, let's touch in with the South Korea Broadcast yeah, Service. I'm, I'm going to miss these guys more than actually going to miss the World Cup. This yeah, is, big this time. Is touching. Yeah. Let's check out what they had to say this morning because there's been some cracking action on their Twitter account. So, boys, obviously our favourite and probably the, the guys that we're going to miss most about this World Cup. I'm definitely going to try and sign up for the, the channel if I can somehow get yeah, it. I'm still going to watch them after the World yeah, Cup. Yeah, or stream it. I hope they cover the K-League, these boys. <laughs> they do a great job. They put out a tweet of a photo of themselves at the Maracanã saying goodbye and uh, that we've had a lot of great memories. And unsurprisingly... Uh, a flood of replies came in. So I, I thought I'd just read out some of the replies to give you a gauge of some of the emotion the Korean people are feeling after such a great World Cup coverage-wise that they had. So we had, first of all, uh, Sung Yong tweeted in saying, Over a month, all four minutes relayed the good love. Korea jumped three dragons. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Well, I saw that. Yeah, and I thought all four minutes were good. I missed Korea jumping the dragons, but yeah, for sure. Then we had that Jang 77, which said, really great job suffered, which, which seems to be a bit of a backhanded compliment, but then adds, then adds to add a bit of context, come see it all the way, healthy body. <laughs> Well, that's okay then. <laughs> yeah, uh, should have. Yeah, cool. Uh, and uh, Sue Bok 
takes us out by applauding them as you should. She just tweeted, clap, 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 clap. What a special people laugh at me melting. (laughs) (laughs) She must be at the game. (laughs) She she watched the game from uh, Manaus. She was melting. Yeah. So that was good. Many thanks to SBS World Cup, the real SBS World Cup in Korea. We're going to have a quick chat to another victory striker, Andrew Naboo, right after this. Melbourne victory striker Andrew Nabu is also kind enough to join us on today's episode of the Football Sat Podcast. Mate, welcome aboard. Thanks, mate. Mate, did you watch the final this morning? And if so, what did you make of it? I did. I woke up early to watch it before training. And, you know, it was an entertaining final and deservedly so for both teams. They played well throughout the tournament. And at the end, Germany was just a bit too strong. One thing that could have changed the entire game was the chance for Gonzalo Higuain in the first half when he was through one-on-one and dragged his shot wide. You'd have put that away yeah i'd like to think so (laughs) i'd like to think so but you know it it comes down to it on the on the day and you'd be nervous playing in front of all those people in a world cup final so it's understandable but it happens to the best of players yeah good we just wanted to make sure we got enough content to run the headline nabu i'm better than higuain so that's good that should be enough to cover us there mate all right done (laughs) yeah mate obviously the world cup final is a bit of a big event did you guys get training off to recover from the early morning or the boys had to have to watch it yeah, 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 it was a it was a tough morning this morning. Um, we had a double session, and and you know they're just trying to get us as fit as possible for the season. And you know we've got a new conditioning coach in, and and he's doing his best and his his quality to be honest. So you know we're going to be ready and and firing come round one. There's a lot of uh, talk about international football, and you had the chance to play international football, didn't you? I did last year. Lebanon approached me and you know asked for my availability, but you know I I turned it down because I have. You know, ambitions of playing for the Socceroos, and I don't want to write off my chances at the age of 21. So yeah, I told them thanks, but you know, no thanks. And one day down the track, if I haven't played Socceroos yet, then I might go back to them and pursue my international career. Mate, we had Mark Berigidi on the show just a moment ago, and and we sort of mentioned to him that certainly for goalkeepers, but just for players in general, the A League is really proving to be a great pathway into the the national team. So certainly scoring goals in the A-League, as Adam Taggart showed, is a a real way to get yourself on the plane. Oh, of course. You know, the A-League's growing day by day and and with all the big names that are coming now and and all the, you know, the quality coaching and and even the, you know, the the televising we get, it's growing immensely every day. So, you know, if if you're playing well, then it's a perfect stage to to get your chance overseas and even in the national team. So, you know, one breakthrough season could be enough for you. So even with yourself getting picked up from the Victorian State League originally, there's a lot of talent which could potentially be playing for the Socceroos in those lower divisions. Yeah, the competitiveness in the Premier League now is growing as well, especially with the new NPL. So they've got a long, a lot of young talent in there. And, you know, player, coaches, coaches are looking for for players in the state leagues because they've only got four foreigner spots or five foreigner spots so they have to pick the youngsters from somewhere and you know as it showed in in my time in the youth team there was a lot of players coming through the state league so for all the young kids out there don't think playing state league is is a bad thing it's obviously the league below the a league and and it's the perfect stage for you to show yourself for the a league might be a good way to finish out with that really nice message mate thank you so much for joining us today cheers mate my pleasure Many thanks to Andrew Naboo. If you'd like to see Andrew go around in the flesh for Melbourne victory in the upcoming A-League season, you can do so by going to mvfc.com.au and checking out membership.
options. Now, you may have noticed in the interviews that we've done recently on the show that Christian and I do 100% of the uh, question asking. Pat doesn't really chime in. There's a reason for that. He started at the start of the tournament, he was chiming in, and there's these interviews were four-way conversations between us and the guests. It all went sour during uh, the interview with Danny Tiato when Pat fluffed his lines asking a question. And his confidence never recovered. <laughs> to be fair to him, it was a very hard question. It was a very difficult question, which you're about to find out. We've dug out the audio for the last show because we want you to know the point where Pat lost all confidence in himself as a person. Here it is. Hey, Danny, um, what's... Um... Oh, um... Oh, yeah. oh, what have you been up to since retirement, mate? <laughs> <laughs> like I said, it was a hard question for him what? to do. It was, yeah. What? <laughs> Before all the other interviews, I would write down all my questions. <laughs> this one time, I didn't write it down. Uh, and it was bizarre. And, uh, <laughs> it was that easy. It was like, uh, what was it? Uh, yeah. How's it? Reti- <laughs> <laughs> you forgot it again. I remember it. How's retirement been treating you? Yeah. Like, yeah. That's what, what, what have you been up to since retirement? <laughs> and... We threw Danny's chatting away, and we thought, all right, Pat, you, you can ask the next question. So we throw to him, but turn up his mic. He starts asking, and about after, hey, Danny, I saw this look of panic come across Pat's face, and I thought, he has no idea what he's about to ask him. <laughs> so that's why I cut myself yeah, in all Yeah, so after that, we could not D up Pat to ask another question for the rest of the month. He was, his confidence was shot. But in saying that, I wasn't the only one who screwed up, wasn't I? Mate, we are total professionals on this show, and we've only screwed up a couple of times. Luckily, we're going to play the other one for you. <laughs> we're always ready to roll. When the, when the cameras roll, when the mics are on, we hit the ground running. Just like we did the time that Christian tried to do his intro without clearing his throat beforehand. And support grassroots football at the same time. My name is Jack. Hi, Christian. Hey, mate. Great to be here on. Do- oh, holy fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, ever the professional, Christian Leyland, uh, ensuring that his uh, throat was clear before recording. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, it's really important to actually make sure your throat is cleared and always do it just before recording because you don't want to leave it too long beforehand, otherwise, something else can happen. Well, that's right. Well, what you want, you definitely don't want to be caught in a situation like Christian where I throw to you to talk but you're not ready so you do need to get in and clear your throat beforehand the way i like to do it is clear my throat straight into the mic when the volume is right up and blow christian's eardrums out as i did in this example <laughs> yeah, that was a, uh, that was painful. That was very painful. Uh, Christian swears a lot when we're not on air. He seems like such a nice guy. But I tell you, we've we found out by his extracurricular activities in Korea and with Hannah Hollis that he's he's not the nice guy. Yeah, he's a dirty boy. He's yeah, a, uh, out drinking till all hours of the night uh, on sponsors' beverages. He's a bad seed. That one wasn't even a sponsor, it was just a very nice restaurant. Yeah, it was, yeah. yeah they just wanted to give us wine. So, yeah, we, we are well, professional. And but talking about giving, I like giving people nice gifts. And once I tried to you know, set up, I wanted to give German a nice setup for a joke, but he just, he just didn't bite. Yeah, well, to, to, to explain a bit, we had Sydney FC defender Matt German on the show, mm. who famously was once caught under the Sydney FC fence when it collapsed. Yeah, so the, uh, their Finnish striker scored a goal. And so the whole team sort of rushed as a very big one to the fence and the coves sort of caved in and the coves' weight was so big that the fence collapsed 
onto Matt German and trapped his leg there. So he looked, his looked leg, quite nasty. It looked very yeah. nasty. His leg was in a very awkward position. There was a big furore as everyone, the cove tried to clear off the fence and the personnel came in to lift the fence off him. And I was thinking, it must have been a very, very traumatic experience for Matt. Yeah. So I thought we might uh, sort of give him a hint into terms of what it's like for him, you know, his experience with the Sydney FC Defense. Yeah, with and, the defense. Uh, so, yeah, with defense. Uh, and also breaking down, we, you segued it by asking him about how Australia was going to break down defenses at the World <laughs> Cup. Now, the segue didn't go uh, well. The best part was that we thought this was absolute gold. This was going to be the best joke of the whole episode. Yeah, because we thought, oh, he's not <laughs> going to see it coming. Gonna he's going to get the joke, <laughs> and this is going to be ripper interview material. But uh, it obviously wasn't as memorable for him as it was for yeah, us. Yeah, obviously he'd clean forgotten about the incident. And uh, anyway, here's how it turned out. Now, without Cahill, there's been a lot of talk that Australia had uh, a lot of trouble breaking down defence, the defence. Now, tell us about your experience breaking down defence, and especially the one at the SFS. I'm the SFS. Well, uh, you know, the pitch is all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at the SFS. Yeah, tell us about your experience breaking down defence. Yeah, at the SFS. Yeah, now the pitch is all right. <laughs> And then he goes on to talk about Cahill's good volley. Yeah, he did, yeah. He goes, yeah, no, the pitch is all right. It's a good place to play. But yeah, no, Cahill, uh, that was a great strike. <laughs> that question didn't make the original so interview. We um, it obviously didn't. And we were so confused. We're like, did we screw this up? So We, we, we had we, to listen to it again. We, At least he didn't say, um... Uh, uh, hey, Danny. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, retirement's been good. Yeah. No, but we were so in doubt. We doubted ourselves. We actually contacted Fox Sports to make sure it was Matt German who did yes. get under the fence. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. We, we, our initial reaction was, oh, shit, we've asked the wrong player about getting stuck under the fence. So we contacted Fox Sports, who dug up the footage for us and confirmed it was Matt German, you know, frantically bashing on the fence and telling people to get off him. Very traumatic experience. He has completely forgotten about it. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, Sydney FC and Alzheimer's sufferer Matt German joined us on the show that day. Mm. Guys, so that's just some of our bloopers we thought, thought uh, we'd share. More, oh, there's a, there isn't enough time, unfortunately. <laughs> but, so we just we picked a few of our favourites to share with the listeners. So it's, it's been good fun, hasn't it? It has been a lot of good It's a bit painful to listen to our mistakes. Just like you know, if you push yourself enough at Elite PT, you'll also feel a bit of pain. But you're going to get buffed. Yeah, you're going to feel good. And I tell you what, I didn't know where you were going with that. <laughs> that was a very long segue. But, mate, you've done well there. Because uh, yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. The pitch at the SFS is a good pitch. Uh, oh, sorry. That was, a, that was a segue to Elite Fitness. Sorry, man. I, I got lost in your segue there. Um, yeah. Elite is a great place, isn't it? Uh, it's great. We uh, went there the other day and we saw this great wall of fame, which was brilliant. You've got two sorts of people who go to personal trainers. You've got the, sort of the real scrawny guys like myself who want to talk, you know, turn into real buff guys. Mm. You've got sort of overweight people who want to lose weight. And they had this massive wall of fame with photos of all the success stories with both types of stories. And I think it was really good. So if you really are need to have some sort of improvement, so you just want to look better or get healthier or feel fitter, give Dean a call on 0403. 571-582, and mate, they'll sort you out. Yeah, great stuff. Another organisation that's helped us out uh, this month is Sports Management Group Australia, who are legends. Yes, and if you're a FIFA legend on the PlayStation, then SMG Australia can also sort you out because on Wednesday the 13th of August, they're having a FIFA World Cup knockout competition where you can win a PS4 console or $500 cash. Yeah, you can oh. just play the tournament and walk away with the console. Yeah, so go to our Facebook page, just Google the Football Sack, or go to SMG Australia's Facebook page, and you'll find all the information there, and uh, good luck. Fantastic.
Some people tweeted us the last few hours telling us their favourite Football State podcast moments, which we thought were quite nice. So a bit of a shout-out to uh, Luke Hall, who says he's Hawley underscore 101, who says his favourite TFS podcast moment has got to be the outbursts of laughter after a Calact gambling joke. He says yeah. it's an absolute pisser. Yes. Yeah. I, had, I had to cut him down. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to get sued. <laughs> I could have said a lot today, but... I don't want to be on his death list anymore. Yeah, no, I think we've, we've done well. We haven't heard from the lawyers yet. We yeah. should probably quit while we're ahead exactly. in, it's, it's in regards Billy, to Zelko. It's the Billy Madison people to kill list. You yeah, know? exactly. Call him up and oh, I don't want to be on there. No, we've made the list. So We've also got James Clark, Clarkies2340, who said the spilt schooner incident by Rails 89 which yep. is a great memory for me, obviously. Yeah, if, uh, if you didn't listen to Saturday's uh, show, listen to the first minute and you'll hear the intro, <laughs> uh, Christian knocking over beer and uh, us doing the intro again. <laughs> and uh, Bill Pollock is at Bill Pollock, says that the John Aloise on Uruguayan TV was his favourite TFS podcast moment. There you go. So uh, I, was, I think that's probably the best joke I made during the time. It so was. that's good. Well, thanks very much to everybody who's tuned in and listened over the course of the past mm. month. It's, it's been fun for us to make and we hope that you've enjoyed it at home. Please keep spreading the word and talk to television companies to try and get us a gig for Russia 2018. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> I'm going to say goodbye. So Christian, I'll say get you to say goodbye. Oh, I'd just like to thank all the listeners, all the sponsors and everybody who supported us. Especially our families who put the podcast on repeat so we get last listeners. Yeah. Yes. So uh, if you did like us, give us a review on iTunes. Not that it matters anymore, but enjoy the A-League of this season. I can't wait to see you next time. Well, so thanks to everyone. and Great bunch of blokes here and hopefully we can do it again. Yeah, Maybe cool. Next so, so thank you to all the listeners and uh, don't sue. <laughs> see you later. You've been listening to the Football Sack Podcast for Brazil, brought to you by Banking on Football.